0: Thank you, as you can tell. Uh, hey, as you can tell, we have people here live. Somebody just walked in, uh, and that's why I said hi. But, um, and that's how it works when people walk in. Uh, and so we are finishing up this series. Go ahead and make some more noise. Woo! There you go. I love the shirt. Uh, thank you. Very cool to, of you to say that. Not the shirt was really cool. Anyway, so let's keep going. Uh, this is how live works. Uh, we are in, ending the series this week. It was, it's called Summertime, and we've been talking about wisdom. Uh, we've been talking about how it's important to gain wisdom every day, how knowledge is wonderful, and, and it's always good to learn more. It's always good to study. It's always good to pay attention in class. It's always good to do your homework and do as well as you can in class. You know, your, How well you can do is, a, is based on each different person. But more important than all of that is how you use that knowledge and how you live your life, and that's wisdom. Uh, You can be incredibly smart but have no common sense, and some of you have probably met people like that, Uh, maybe some of you are people like that at times, but wisdom is when uh, you have discernment. So like you're in a situation, and even though you may not know all of the answers, you kind of have a feel for what the right thing to do is, or or what the wrong thing to do is to avoid that. Uh, And so wisdom is that. It's how to deal with people. It's how to love people. It's how to help people. It's how to know when you need to ask for help, all of those things. And we talked about your best route, and and how proverbs in Proverbs it says, you know, if you trust God, if you trust in him, if you put him first and you don't lean on your own understanding, he'll direct you. And the hard thing about that is, A, it's not always the way that we want or expect. And I talked about my own life and how I did not expect to be standing here. Uh, I did not expect to speak publicly. It's something that terrified me and at times still terrifies me. Uh, and so this isn't something that I thought would happen, but God directed my path, and, and the wisdom that I had uh, helped me to follow him. And it doesn't mean that I was perfect at all, and it doesn't mean that there weren't bumps along the way, but I continued doing my best to follow him, and I continued uh, just seeking him. And you know that led me to here, where I feel decent about my life, but I definitely feel good about my calling and about being with you guys. Uh, and, and last week we talked about reflect, and just about the fact that how you treat others and who you are when you're alone, and even the people around you, that reflects who you really are. Uh, Anybody can go to a church, and anybody can say that they're a Christian, and anybody can be nice in public. But who you are in private, or who you really are, what you really think, that's who you are. And that should reflect Jesus. And it's something that you're never going to be able to control what other people think, and you shouldn't. I'm going to tell you not to worry about what other people think with the caveat of saying that I definitely worry about what other people think too much, but do your best to remind yourself, as I try to, that if you do your best, and you're living your best, and you're treating people your best, and you're seeking peace to the best of your abilities, that's all that you can do, and so that should hopefully bring peace, and this week we're talking about foolproof, Uh, just about the fact that following the wisdom in Proverbs and following God's way. It's a foolproof way to a better life. Uh, Again, it may not be the exact life that you expected, and it may not be successful by the world standards in terms of being rich or famous or popular, uh, but it's going to feel different. It's going to feel better. It doesn't mean you're going to be happy all the time, because nobody's happy all the time. Uh, I've used this before, but it's something that I like a lot. In Russia, there's a saying, uh, anyone who smiles all the time is either crazy or American, because In America, we put so much pressure on people to smile. And girls, you've probably unfortunately heard that from people, which is wrong. They shouldn't say that. But everybody kind of has this, this pressure to be like, hey, be happy. You know, hey, smile, put on your best face. And so that doesn't equate happiness and it doesn't equate to a successful life. But following God and learning from his wisdom, learning from Proverbs, learning from the Bible, learning from your mistakes, learning from other people's mistakes, all of that will lead you in the way that you should go. And so I want to read some. We're going to start with Proverbs 29, 7 through 14. Uh, The godly care about the rights of the poor. The wicked don't care at all. Mockers can get a whole town agitated, but the wise will calm anger. If a wise person takes a fool to court, there will be ranting and ridicule, but no satisfaction. So I want to start, before I talk about each of those, by saying you cannot control other people. Uh, Parents that may be watching, parents that may be here, uh, some of you with your friends that that maybe make bad decisions, you're probably at times thinking, I wish I could control other people's decisions. I wish I could convince them to do this or to think this. Or, Or maybe on social media you see somebody post or tweet or text or tumble or... Uh, TikTok something that that just it's like, ah, you got to think, but you can't control that. And and so I want to start by saying you cannot control other people's opinions. You cannot control what they think. You cannot control what they do. But and here's the big but not going to go into a song from the 80s but here's here's the uh, big exception. Your example and what you say and how you treat other people that can lead people in that direction that can uh, destabilize Drama sometimes. Uh, I had a pastor who once told me that any staff member or board member, and this goes for any Christian actually, uh, walks around carrying a can of gasoline and a bucket of water. Not literally, because that would get heavy, and I mean, you could sell the gas, I suppose, but still. Uh, everybody walks around with those. And so you're gonna run into situations where somebody is gasping or somebody is hating on somebody or somebody is making fun of somebody's last name or somebody is doing something negative or treating somebody in a negative way. And, And you have the option as a Christian, as a leader, as an example, as a person to throw gasoline on it and jump right in or to be quiet sometimes and make it worse. And to be like, hey, yeah, let's double this. Let's be extra cruel. Let's be extra hateful. Let's really go after these people. Or you take the water. And again, it's not going to control the other people. But it will be like, hey, let's think. And sometimes, sometimes just stopping and thinking will make such a difference. And I would like to say that when you're in groups and you see people being jerky or you see people posting awful things or you see people being hateful or whatever else, that you standing up is going to change it. Honestly, in a lot of cases, it's not. But it plants a seed. And so maybe it doesn't change their behavior, but somebody that's there, maybe the person that's being victimized, maybe the person that's doing it, maybe somebody just around, they're going to, to carry that with them. And they are be like, yeah, man. You know, I, I, was, I was really going after these people just because of what they thought or because of what they believed or because of where they came from. And then Rob, he just wasn't laughing. He was like, hey, you know, they're people too, or whatever wisdom Rob would share. And, and, and I didn't... Stop! And I don't really like Rob. This isn't me. This is the hypothetical person talking. And, and but, man, why? And it's going to kind of bug them, maybe. And then, like, it'll bug them. they are like, man, I just, I'm so mad about that. And then maybe they're going to be like, why am I so mad? And hopefully the hope is eventually it's like, oh, I get it. I, a long time ago, several churches ago, uh, there was someone in the congregation. I was preaching on Proverbs, actually, different Proverbs. And, uh. They came up to me after and they said, why were you talking about me? And it was somebody who wasn't really experienced with church and people had talked about them and all kinds of stuff. Like, Why were you talking about me? This made me feel so bad. And I'm I'm like, hey, you know, this this was just me talking. That's God putting a conviction on your heart. That's you having this chance. And they really got it. and, And I was able to pray with them. And so that's what our goal is. Like, that's how setting a good example, that's how throwing water on a situation. Uh, can help people, even indirectly. But it's also going to be hard because sometimes people just aren't going to care what you say or what you do, and they're going to be jerks anyway. They're going to be hateful anyway. And maybe they'll turn it on you, and that sucks. And so that's where you have to have somewhere you belong or people around you, the the closest friends who believe like you, your family, people who who share your views, share your outlook, share your hopes that you can get support from. And going to these specific Proverbs before I go on, The first one can be problematic for people, and it shouldn't be. One of the things that you find in churches, and this is every church everywhere, is a lot of times politics gets in the way of Christianity. And I'm not gonna go too far with that because I'm never gonna tell people how to vote, I'm never gonna tell people who they're for, because to be completely honest, there is no one who's ever ran for anything who's perfect. And there's no party that completely exhibits the Christian thought process, there's none. You can find good and bad with everything. So I want to go there, but specifically, and not just here, but Jesus says things. It says, the godly care about the rights of the poor, the wicked don't care at all. I think most people would hear that and be like, yeah, that's right. But then they'll also say negative things or uh, be negative about someone who doesn't have the money or be negative about somebody who, who doesn't live like they do or doesn't think like they do, and that's hard because that sends this message that you don't care. And I don't believe that they don't care. I believe that sometimes we don't realize that what we do and what we say actually matters. It actually reflects what we think. Sometimes we just get caught up in the politics of it all. Everybody does. Sometimes, especially in presidential elections, we get so caught up in the party platform that we kind of forget Jesus sayings, to love everybody, not agree with everybody, not that everybody is right, but but that love, is what we are supposed to stand for. And I don't care what your thoughts on, on welfare or on charity or anything are. I have my own. What I care about is that you're not negative about those things, that you're not hateful about people, because everybody comes at this a different way. The important thing is it says care about the rights of the poor. Care about people who have less than you. Care about people who, who, who need that. Now, that again, that doesn't tell you how to vote. It doesn't mean you have to give money to everybody that you meet, because you don't. What it means is you pray for them. What it means is you don't hate so many things. So many things that the church screws up in all churches. Again, every church throughout time. So many things that we screw up in comes down to. We're not supposed to hate. Uh, That's kind of a deep statement right now, especially for a youth on a Sunday night. But what I'm saying is. We are supposed to follow Jesus in every way in how we live. Absolutely. And what we, we we do with our lives and what we do with our heart and, and how we, we believe in truth, all of those things. But we're also supposed to take how he treated people. And I come back to this often, but I come back to the woman at the well and she committed adultery and she'd done it several times. Uh, the Chosen, I don't watch it a lot, but it actually does like a, a, an episode about this story. And, and she, he's at the well, she's at the well. Uh, she's a Samaritan, which is considered dirty and unclean and awful and evil by the Jewish people. Uh, Jesus comes up and he asks her for water. And at first, she's like, a, a, what are you talking to me for? Because most people would just spit at her or walk by her or insult her or say bad things about her. Regardless of whether she's sinned or not, what does that help? Imagine if uh, you've just done something wrong.
1: And let's say it's legit wrong,
0: like something that is absolutely wrong and there's no question and you know it's wrong. And then somebody comes up to you and says, you're going to hell right now. You're so stupid. You're so evil. You're so wrong. And the act, again, is wrong. But how are you feeling about that person? Like, are you listening to the next thing they say about salvation or the next thing they say about come to church? No, you're like, what? And so Jesus, he told her, he's like, hey, you committed adultery. Straight up. Didn't hide it. But he said it in a loving way, in a way. And then she changed the subject. And this is the part that I love and the part that I talk about so much to adults and to teens and to everybody. She changed the subject. And so often, especially in today's world, that's when we stop and say, whoa, you listen to me. I know what's best for you and maybe you do. And I know what's right and maybe you do. But you basically hit her over the head and say, listen, listen, listen. But what did Jesus do? He said, Oh, yeah. And he answered what she asked. It didn't change his truth. He didn't stop saying it. He didn't change his mind. But as they went, she realized, Hey, he sees me as a person. He cares about my heart, not just about me going to his church and not just about me being like him, not just about me saying he's right. He cares about me. And so she finally is like, You're the Savior. And then this is the key part. She goes and helps other people to see him. Now, if he had been like a Pharisee, and like too many of us are at times, and it just beat her over the head and said, hey, you need to see things my way. You need to be like me. She's not going to tell other people because fear and anger, those don't last. But Jesus showed us this way. And that's what these are saying. It's like, hey, you can't control people. It does not mean you say, hey, you know what? Everybody's right. It does not mean you say, hey, you know, you live your way, I will live mine. You still tell the truth. But wisdom tells you that the reason you're telling the truth is not to shame people, it's not to embarrass people, it's not to make people feel less than, it's to say, hey, you know, there's a better way. And if they're like, yeah, I don't want to listen, then you realize, okay, well, I'm going to pray for you and not in a negative, angry, hateful way, but I'm going to pray for you. And you keep them in your life. Now, if it's somebody that, that is hurting you, somebody who's doing something that is dangerous to you or to them, obviously you don't necessarily become their best friend, but you pray for them, you love them. And so that's what these proverbs say. It's like, hey. People are going to be stupid. They are. People are going to be hateful. People are going to be wrong. How you respond shows who you are. How you respond is a foolproof way of being a Christian. And none of you are going to be perfect. And so imagine when you're at your worst, how you want somebody to respond to you. Again, whether you like it or not, rules are good. And whether you like it or not, it's good to be told when you're wrong. Uh, I've been wrong twice in my life, and so I understand this. And so it's good to hear that and to be able to learn from that. But also to feel that the reason you're being told that is not to embarrass you, not to shame you, not to make you feel like you're less than, but to help you, to show you that the person cares about you. And that's what we're supposed to do. And that's what these say. Your heart is shown through your actions. Uh, Next scriptures. Uh, The bloodthirsty hate blameless people, but the upright seek to help them. Fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back. If a ruler pays attention to liars, all his advisors will be wicked. So starting from the last to the first. When you surround yourself, and I'm talking about your best friends, I'm not talking just people that, you know. When you surround yourself with people who just say yes all the time, or who uh, never tell you when you're doing something wrong, or who do wrong things, or who believe like negative things about your faith or about you or whatever, when you surround yourself with people like that, that's going to affect you. There's a saying that one rotten apple spoils the bunch. Uh, In reality, and I don't know a lot about fruit. I don't understand fruit. But, I mean, I know what it is. I understand that it exists. But uh, if you actually have a rotten apple and you leave it with other apples, like they literally start to rot. And so what that means is not, hey... If you have a friend who isn't a Christian or you have a friend who did the wrong thing, that doesn't mean that you're immediately going to become that person. But it means that the more you ignore what you know is right, the more that you uh, you know, surround yourself with people that just bring out the worst in you, the more the worst in you becomes who you are. Uh, one of the things that I talk about a lot is relationships. I talk about it once a year for sure, and then I bring it up from time to time. It's always tempting to think, I can change them. And that's not just for relationships, it's for literally everything. Uh, If you pay attention to sports at all, every coach thinks I can change them. Uh, Antonio Brown has been on a lot of teams and, and it's because he's great. He's got amazing wide receiver skills, but he films, talks in the locker room and like does this crazy stuff and he's mean to people and all this stuff. And I'm not gonna get into it. My point is he's going to keep getting teamed because people keep thinking, hey, I can fix him. And so with relationships, often we get into that like, hey, man, they're so cute. And I can fix them. Anytime, this is part of wisdom, anytime that that your entire goal for getting close to somebody in any way is, I can fix them. That's the wrong reason to get close to them. Now, as friends, you can help people. But again, your closest friends and the people that you date, they need to, to feel like you. Doesn't mean you need to be the exact same. But what I'm saying is you need to have this same base morality. Because more often than not, when you date somebody or you're really close with somebody who just does the wrong thing, it's always going to be easier to stop going to church. It's always going to be easier to to give into things than it is to hold strong. It's always. And so it's very rare. That it's the person who's doing the bad thing that gets changed. Now That doesn't mean that people don't change because they do. But it takes time and it doesn't take us. We can't change anyone. No one here, no one in the church, no one anywhere can change anyone. We can show them a better example. We can help them in ways. But then God takes hold. And that's our job is to show that way and then go from there. It's not our job to fix people because we can't. And so this just goes on. Fools vent their anger. Uh, I know that Facebook's an old person thing now. Uh, And I don't read it all that much, but essentially all of Facebook, um, sadly, especially from Christians on Facebook, is negative. It's angry. It's hateful. It's this person sucks and this is why. And and that's because people want to vent their anger on there because people, even though your picture is there and even though your name is there, it's like this is anonymous. Nobody can see me. And so I would I'm not going to encourage you to get Facebook because don't. But. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, whatever social media you have, uh, look at the negative things, from Christians or from whoever, the negative things, and then imagine that person saying it to the other people in person. Most of the time you're not gonna, unless you're completely devoid of empathy. And and so that's what the internet has become. And so this says, hey, fools vent their anger. It It doesn't mean that only fools get mad. It doesn't mean that only fools talk about it, because when you're angry, you should talk about it. What it means is fools... and. Solomon's words, not mine. Fools uh, use their anger as a tool to hurt other people. They use their anger as a reason to hate. They use their anger as a reason to take away from somebody else. But the wise, they quietly hold it back. It doesn't mean they keep it in. They tell the truth. They're honest. They help people. But they don't react in anger. Because getting angry is not the sin part of that. It's reacting in anger. Because everybody gets mad. But it's how you treat other people in that anger. It's how you treat other people at your worst. It's how you treat other people when you're hurting. It's how you treat other people when you disagree with them. That's the wisdom of of following him. And then this is the part that I wish were different. I wish a lot of those were different sometimes. You can live your best life. You can be... The, the, the greatest Christian of all time. You can be the nicest person, the kindest person, the most honest person, the most successful person. You can treat everyone with respect and love and and, and just be awesome. And people are going to hate you. Not everybody, but some people. And some people will hate you for stupid reasons that don't make any sense. Some people hate you because you disagree with them. Some people just hate you because they want to hate you. And that sucks. I would love to be able to tell you, I'd love to be able to tell everybody that once you become a Christian and you follow God, then... You're good. Everything, everybody's nice to you and everything's happy. And when you treat people with respect, they treat you with respect. That's not how life works. The adults that are here can tell you that's not how life works. But we still seek to help them. And so it's like, how? How can I put up with this? It's hard. But again, we look to Jesus. Jesus was treated like garbage by the Pharisees and by people, by everybody except for just a core few. And how did he react? He didn't change his message, but he still loved them. He still ate with them. He still invited them places. He still was good to them. That's how we quote unquote win. Not by getting angry and hateful, but. by Being who we're supposed to be, that's what wisdom tells us. It's like, hey, I can pour the gasoline on this and get just as mad and two wrongs may make a right in this situation. Or I can pour the water and be like, hey, you know, maybe I have to cut them out of my life, but I'm not going to gossip about them. I'm not going to hate them. I'm going to be better. Last part of this, and then we got another scripture. Uh, The poor and the oppressors have this in common. The Lord gives sight to the eyes of both. If a a king judges the poor fairly, his throne will last forever. Uh, What I say by this is everyone here and everyone everywhere has at some point um, felt unjustly treated in some situation, something, like maybe by a teacher, maybe by Rob, maybe by somebody, you felt unjustly treated. And so we've all said, we've all said the following sentence, this isn't fair, or life's not fair. If you're LeBron, you say it literally every day, Uh, life's not fair, this isn't fair, that's not fair. The truth is, and people have said this, and especially older people like me have said this. We don't really want life to be fair, (laughs) because if everything was fair for everybody, then we're going to lose a little bit, and some other people are going to gain a little bit and all of that. What we want, what we're saying when we're saying life's not fair is, I want my life to be better. And there's nothing wrong with that, but life is never going to be fair. And sometimes you are going to be unjustly treated. Sometimes you're not going to win when you should have. Sometimes bad things are going to happen to you. How you respond is who you are, though. It doesn't mean I'm so happy that I got screwed over. I'm so happy that this bad thing happened. I'm so happy that these people treat me like garbage. No, 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 no. But if you can walk through that and be like, man, this this really hurt and this really bothered me. And it took me a while to grieve and it took me a while to deal with this. But with the help of my friends, my family, with the help of prayer, uh, I was able to move past it and I was able to learn, to grow. I was able to not treat other people in the same way they treated me. That should be a scripture or something. Next part. Uh, there is more more hope for a fool than for someone who speaks without thinking. A servant pampered from childhood will become a rebel. So basically, uh, there's something called the age of reason. Now, not everybody knows exactly when that is. It's hard to pinpoint. It's different for each person. What that means is there's a certain point in your life where you just don't know right from wrong. Like little kids truly don't know right from wrong for the most part doesn't mean they don't get in trouble. It doesn't mean they shouldn't get in trouble. What it means is there are going to be times in your life even where you don't know what you're doing is wrong or what you're saying is wrong or that it will hurt people. You don't. And that's in this context called being a fool. It's not negative here. What that means is ignorance is not a sin. Ignorance is used as an insult. But what it means is you just don't know that situation, but to speak or to act while you know that something is wrong or know that something hurts somebody or know that something is negative, know that something is hateful. That's hopeless. And so what this says is, you know, if you don't know something, you can learn it and you can grow and you can move on from it. But if you know it and you still don't care, what are you doing? Too often we use that as an excuse to really spout out our opinions. Uh, I wish that I could remember exactly what it was that I, I have written down about opinion somewhere, but it's basically like everybody has an opinion, it's not the one you're thinking of. Uh, that, it's nothing. Like opinion is the lowest form of language, of what we can do. Empathy is the highest form. Again, doesn't mean that you change your truth, it doesn't mean you change your message, it doesn't mean that everybody's right. What it means is you care about everybody, even if you disagree with them, and that's hard. Jesus said, and I know I quoted Jesus a lot for Proverbs. uh, Jesus said, it takes nothing, nothing to love the people that love you. Nothing. If somebody thinks you're awesome and you love them and they love you, that's easy. Even serial killers do that. I listened to a true crime podcast. That's why that was an example. But to love people that hate you, To love people that disagree with you. To love people that think you're stupid. Man, that shows who you are. Last part, and then we're done. An angry person starts fights. A hot-tempered person commits all kinds of sin. Pride ends in humiliation, while humility brings honor. So basically what that says is, hurt people hurt people. When you're hurting, when you're angry, when you're upset, when you're mad, when things are going poorly, it is everyone's inclination to make everybody else suffer. That's not a, oh, I'm such a bad person because I wanted to do that. Every single person feels that way. But that comes from pride. Because what it says is, I'm hurting, so everyone else should hurt. I feel bad, so everyone else should understand me. And I've talked about this before, how If something bothers us, we're like, hey, you should understand. I I woke up and this happened and I stubbed my toe and you should get it. But then somebody else comes to us and like, hey, you know, I'm sorry. This is why I did this. You're like, who cares? You should have been better. And that's because people are stupid. But to show wisdom is to move past pride, not to have no pride. But to not let it go into arrogance. To not let it think, well, I'm better than these other people because no one is better than anyone else, just like no one is worse than anyone else. People have better lives because they make better choices. That's true. People treat people better. People make better choices in terms of salvation and all that. That's true. But that's because of grace. All of us here have screwed up, everyone has screwed up at some point. But because of God's grace, We have this chance to learn from it, to be better. That's what wisdom is. That's what this whole series is about. That's why it's summer with the capital T, capital I, capital M, capital E. Not just because it's a fresh print song and I really liked it and I wanted to use it. Although that's part of it. But because in the summer, we tend to kind of turn our minds off. I was just talking to somebody, to Jason earlier about how like, or not Jason, to somebody earlier. Sorry. Uh, This was this morning. I've I've talked to people and it all goes together because I'm old and it is what it is. I was talking to somebody about how uh, in in high school and even in college and grade school and all that, you're like, oh, man, I can't wait for summer break. And and I can't wait for, uh, you know, whatever, and blah, blah, blah. When you're an adult, you don't get those things. And so even adults, though, when it comes to summer, we kind of turn our brains off a little bit. You're like, yeah, it's not the real time. Like, I can do whatever I want. I can treat people however I want. But summer is the perfect time to kind of gain more wisdom. It doesn't mean you go study for school stuff. I'm not saying that. If you're going to read a book, read the one I wrote. That's fine. But it's not good, but it'll give me money, and that's good. And so, uh, but but pay attention to how you treat people. Use that time when you have more free time to be like, how am I living my life? How am I treating people? How am I, I setting an example? And then take that as you go into the school year or the work year or the college year or whatever else. You know, how can I do better? That's what the time means. That's what this series is about. I love Proverbs. Uh, When I meet someone who is asking, like, I've never read the Bible, what should I read? Or I'm a new Christian or I just really want to start reading. I will almost always, it depends on the situation, but I will almost always suggest, hey, check out Proverbs. Because Proverbs is so easy to read. It's basically a bunch of fortune cookies, but about life. And so it's easy to read and it has wisdom and the overall context with it, as I've talked about in the series. Solomon wrote it because he had the wisdom to ask God to give him wisdom and to, to help him. And so he wrote this all to help people. And then he stopped listening to himself. And so that tells us, hey, even the guy who wrote this. Bought his own hype, so I need to remember that and I need to do better and I need to treat people better. We sometimes make Christianity harder than it needs to be. I'm not saying whatever. What I'm saying is it comes down to. Use these words before. Love God with everything you are. Follow him. Pay attention to, to what he places upon your life. Get close to him. The closer you get to God. The more you're going to feel the right way to go. More so than anyone can tell you. And then love others in that same way. And what I love to point out, and this is where I'm going to end because I'm going long, but the love that Jesus used when he said that is agape for both of them, which is unconditional if you're not familiar with Greek, as I know most of you are. Agape, which is unconditional. It means love without condition. And he said that for God, which like, yeah, that makes sense, because we should love God completely no matter what. But Then he said, love others in the same way. That's hard. But that's what we're called to do. That's what makes us different. That's what gives us wisdom. That's what helps us to move forward. So if you take anything from this series, and I hope that you liked Proverbs, and I hope that you look into it, and I hope that you paid attention to a few things I said and all that. But if you take anything, take those four words to heart. Love God, love others. And this will not be the last time I say it because that's what I base my life on or try to. And so that's wisdom. The wisdom to do your best. The wisdom to treat people the best you can. The wisdom to, to... Be the best you that you can be. The wisdom to live your life loving God and loving others. And that's all I got.